This is CES Tech Talk. I'm James Kotecki, bringing you one of my favorite C-Space studio interviews from CES 2024. I had a lot of great conversations in Las Vegas, and I know you're gonna like this one, so enjoy. This is the C-Space studio at CES 2024. I am James Kotecki, very excited to welcome the co-founders of Mortal Media, Blake Griffin and Ryan Khalil. Thank you so much for joining me here in the C-Space studio. Thanks Thank for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Okay, so NFL All-Pro, NBA All-Star, how did you guys meet, find each other and, and create this company in the first place? Uh, we met through mutual friends a long time ago, 2010, I think it was, and both had various projects on our own and um, both were interested in this space for a long time. And, uh, in 2016, we decided to sort of team up together, and um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. So uh, tell me about some of the things that you're producing. Mortal Media is a company that is behind some shows and movies that people might know, and I know there's some exciting stuff in the pipeline. So tell me about how do you contextualize yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, we're still pretty young in the space. I mean, we to use sports analogy, we feel like rookies. Um, but yeah, we... We started in 2016, but really kind of took our time. Obviously, we had other careers going on mm -hmm. in sports, yeah. and so we felt like it wasn't going to last forever. Thus, the name Mortal Media came about it. Okay. And then we just decided, you know, let's take our time. Let's try mm -hmm. to find mentors. Let's really try to be sponges and, and learn and, and try to figure out as much as we can before we really get into this mm -hmm. uh, and, and leap in. And so that's what we did. Luckily, our off-seasons kind of offset each other, so mm -hmm. one was in town, the other was playing and vice versa. And uh, we were able to really sort of garner a ton of relationships and, and really start to kind of craft uh, a slate of projects that got us really excited. You know, early on, everybody pitched us sports shows and movies. We felt like we didn't want to get pigeonholed, so we really kind of stuck to our guns. Blake, more of a comedy guy, me, more fanboy genre. And in the perfect world, we have both projects. But um, Long-winded way of getting to just this year, we were able to release, or last year we were able to release our first uh, TV show on Apple, Hello Tomorrow, uh, starring Billy Crudup, and um, and then we did a reboot to White Man Can't Jump at Hulu. Yeah. So Hello Tomorrow is a sci-fi show, I believe, about selling yeah. property on the moon. That's um, right. Uh, I understand that you both kind of get involved in the actual creative process. So take me through the details of that. What does it actually mean for you? We'll start with you, Blake. I mean, for us, we, we like Ryan said early on, we just we met with a lot of people in the industry industry and, and wanted to make sure that we really immersed ourselves and people knew how seriously we take this this business. Um, so we, we develop a lot of stuff in-house. We, we develop a lot of our own IP. Um, but at the same time, when early on, especially, you know, White Men Can't Jump is a good example of a pre-existing uh, IP and, and partnered with a, a producer to, to, to get that done. Um, for us, it's really just about creating uh, and making things that, that we ourselves would want to watch yeah. um, and sort of staying true to that to that mantra. Um, I think you can get lost a lot of times in, in mandates of studios and, and what they want and what they think audiences want. Yeah. Um, but for us, you know, we've been fortunate to have long, we, we were fortunate enough to have long careers in, in our uh, respective professions. Yeah. Um, and, and it allowed us to explore and, and, and to really be picky and take our time and do the things that we wanted to do. And on the level of detail, Ryan, are you are you getting into the scripts level? I mean, I imagine like being producers, I mean, it can be kind of a nebulous term, and I imagine you can take that to different levels. So what does it mean for you? You can, and I, you know, for Blake and I, I think, obviously there's a sports background, but we definitely have an artistic itch, and we have um, talents that we've been able to use for our own ideation 
phase of this and come up with our own ideas in-house. But we know our limitations and we know we're competing against titan producers that have been in this for a long time and, and amazing writers and storytellers who know how to craft story who have been doing it a long time. So for us, we take it as far as we can. And then we, I think our superpower and the thing that is relative to the former careers we've had is how to build a team. Yeah. And so we have been really great sort of GMs, so to speak, and we've gone mm -hmm. out and really found the talented people who can sort of see the visions mm -hmm. through. And then our job is to really get behind them and support them and, and make sure that that vision stays true. Um, are you able to announce anything that's in the pipeline that hasn't come out yet, but that you're excited about for 2024? Not really. Uh, we, we've been, uh, We've been dabbling with a few really exciting projects. I think, you know, one thing we try to do, especially there was a little bit of a lull during the writer's strike. Mm -hmm. One thing we really tried to do during that time was to really find ways we could be more additive to, again, talking about all the different talented folks we have to compete against. What are ways we can really, really mm -hmm. um, be additive to the process? And something that we found during that downtime was really talking with people that we respected who understood where the future of the business was going and making bets for us, uh, investment opportunities yeah. came about. And so we found a couple companies that are able to sort of help us on the post-production side, really bring down costs. We think studios are really gonna be more budget conscious yeah. um, coming out into this year. Um, and so specifically animation, something we've been really excited about mm -hmm. and passionate about. There's a studio in New Orleans called Swaybox mm -hmm. that are doing some really exciting things with puppetry and machine learning. And this was a Super Bowl commercial, I believe. They right? did a Super Bowl commercial. The that's players really, come out of the TV. That's and, the only yeah. thing they've done. They, they've gotten away from commercial work and they're getting a more narrative stuff. Okay. They have some amazing, talented yeah. people that I don't even know if we're allowed to say uh, who's involved with on the directing side, really big name directors mm -hmm. and, and um, producers. I mean, we have several projects uh, that we're working on with them right now that we're really excited. But again, still early on and can't say much. Exciting things are coming, though. So they, are. The they are. Um, so we're here at CES, which is a show where science fiction can often seem to be coming true. And you guys have produced uh, science fiction. So I'm curious, are there things here at CES or are there technologies that, that might be out on the show floor or otherwise that are inspiring you right now as you think about stories or, or futures that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's cool being in this space and getting to see some of the, the, the you know, new up-and-coming stuff. And, and like Ryan talked about with Swaybox, uh, there's there's a myriad of companies that are will be able to lend their hand to the entertainment world um, to streamline things, to make things easier, to make things faster um, for, for a better cost, yeah. um, which in turn, you know, helps, helps the viewers, benefits the viewers. Um, the more, especially with all the streaming platforms there are now and, and all the different mm -hmm. ways to consume yeah. uh, entertainment, um, the more high quality stuff that's able to put out, the more people can watch and enjoy. So um, it's been really cool to see, um, you know, the way technology has, has advanced the entertainment industry. And do you look at things like drones or flying electric cars or any of the other stuff that might be here at a CES and, and, and find, that's, find that's interesting? Is that, is that what's compelling to you about science fiction or are there other things that are compelling about those kind of genres? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you're a fanboy. Obviously, you want the back to the future of flying cars. That's, do. that's yeah. a definite must. I think for us, from the storytelling standpoint, there's a lot of exciting tools. And yeah. that's what they are, really, at the yeah. end of the day. So we, we sort of feel pretty safe in that. There, there's still mm -hmm. going to be a need for producers to go mm -hmm. find really great storytellers to put projects together to really use these tools and utilize them in the best mm -hmm. of their business. Again, to Blake's point, you know, still making quality things, mm -hmm. but doing a lot more of them because the cost is is 
you know, productive in a way mm -hmm. that can lend yeah. itself that. We talked a lot about AI here in the C-Space studio, and AI is the talk of CES 2024. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like maybe some of the things you're alluding to uh, may have AI components to them, right? Able to do things faster, do things better, do things more creatively. Is that some of the things that you're thinking about? Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, AI sort of was, was sort of a hot button topic uh, during the rider strike particularly. Yeah. Um, but for us, uh, a company like Swaybox or some of these other companies we're looking at, AI just allows the artists, the writers, the, the, the creators, the illustrators mm -hmm. to do less of the tedi tedious work that, that no one really wants to do um, and, and focus more time on the actual craft and focus more time on the art. So, like I said, not only from a time perspective, from a cost perspective, but it also allows artists, actors, and illustrators to, to spend more time doing what they love and doing what, what no computer can do. Yeah. Um, we love to talk about inspiration here. I'd love to hear maybe uh, your inspiration, Blake, on the comedy side and on the fanboy kind of sci-fi side, you, Ryan. What are some of the, the movies, the TV shows, the ideas that kind of inspire you and maybe maybe are in your head as you're thinking about new stories to tell? Yeah, for me, early on, I, I, I was loved Saturday Night Live. I would watch that um, every, every Saturday night. Uh, even some episodes I probably wasn't able to, some stand-up. Uh, my dad loves comedy, so getting to, to getting yeah. to watch stuff with him as I was younger and then as I got older and sort of developed my own taste, I, I continued that love. Um, so that was just sort of what I was always attracted to. It was always comedy. Um, but like I said, I, I still do love sci-fi stuff. I still love, love other yeah. stuff. So, um, you know, we try to find those things that intersect. Yeah. For me, Star Wars, I, I love George Lucas. And, yeah. and I got into stop motion animation early because of him and Phil Tippett and the stuff I got mm -hmm. to see in the behind the scenes VHS work. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've always sort of been a Lucasfilm mm -hmm. camp, you know, in that camp and Amblin yeah. and all those very kind of classic 80s, uh, 70s, 80s sci fi Especially with the crowd at CES, you can't go wrong. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, no, you can't. We talked a bit about how your sports backgrounds have influenced the way you approach this business. I'm wondering, as we close out here, how does it feel to do what you're doing now on the creative side and have success? Does it feel at all like succeeding in sports? When, when you're in the flow creatively, does it feel like you know being on the court or being on the field, or are those kind of two totally separate things? I, I think we get excited by the temperament we bring to it in mm -hmm. a way that sports has lent itself really well for us. Mm -hmm. um, again, building teams. I will say it hurts way less for us physically <laughs> to be in these sure. meetings, maybe not emotionally. There's a lot of rejection, which as athletes yeah. we're very used to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think we've been able to fit in pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's, it's been great. I think uh, sort of leaning on on you know the work ethic and and all that has been important for us too. But there is a lot of like hurry up and wait in this industry. You know, mm -hmm. sports you kind of get that that immediate feedback, yeah. um, especially with games. Mm -hmm. um, especially so, if you lose, yeah, you get a chance. You, lose, you yeah. get a chance really quick yeah. to yeah, go yeah, make yeah. it right. And, and in yeah. this business, you might have to wait a few years. Yeah. So it's been fun, sort of. It's just sort of exercising a different part of our brains yeah. in a way. And, and, and I think we've, we, we're both very competitive and I think we love that challenge of having to navigate a whole new world, a world that we, we haven't really truly been a part of for a long time. So um, the, the challenge has been great and, and you know, we're always pushing forward. Well, thanks for sharing a bit of that world and insight with us. Ryan Khalil, Blake Griffin, thank you so much for joining us in the C-Space studio. Thanks for Appreciate having it. us. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation from CES 2024. That's our show for now, but there's always more tech to talk about. Hit that YouTube subscribe button, leave a comment, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, or wherever you're getting this show. And get more CES at ces.tech. That's ces.tech. 
I'm James Kotecki, Talking Tech on CES Tech Talk.